Hello everyone, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of I'll Give That 10 Minutes with me, Davey A. Well, it's all been happening. Change has happened to the podcast. There's a new logo, there's a new entrance music, but don't worry, there's still the same great content and the same fun being had in the podcast. So don't worry everybody, although certain things have changed, it's still happening, as you all expect it to. Now today's episode, it's a bit of a continuation I suppose. It's going to be about the amazing Ghostbusters the original and chat about spin-offs and whatnot all come into sort of the limelight because of the new release of the afterlife trailer the latest incarnation of ghostbusters and it sparked me to want to go back and rediscover the original where it all started where it all began and how much of a fan i am of it and i started talking about this with my guest who i'll bring on shortly i joined him on one of his ever popular youtube channel episodes and we shot the breeze about said movie and just had a good old chinwag and a good laugh about it and it made me want to do a podcast episode of my own devoted to it because why not ghostbusters is an iconic movie an iconic franchise and something we all love so why not get him back on you all know him. it's the amazing Stephen j hollowin hello 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 i think it was a disappointing intro compared to last time oh well um, i'm sorry it's nice to catch up yet again about a subject as i've mentioned we've already had a brief discussion about but it made sense to come back and, and kind of go again about it i'm go surprised on. you've uh, your listeners want want me back i'm back by, by no popular demand really aren't i every guest i have on is popular and believe you me i wouldn't have <laughs> you back on if it wasn't worth it okay it's not just for my benefit you know well hello listeners um i hope you enjoy the rest of this show what however long it is about an hour and a half, two hours, ten who, hours. Who knows what we think is going to be ten minutes ends up being a lot longer, as everybody knows. Oh, well. Everyone knows that my, in brackets, ten minutes episodes are never ten minutes long. You can give me more <laughs> than ten minutes. Come on, by now everybody knows they're going to give me more than ten minutes anyway. So, so yeah. Oh, of course. Ghostbusters, you're obviously a fan. It's why we, we got sort of the YouTube channel episode off the way and came back to do this one. We're both fans. Yeah. When, what's your earliest memory of seeing the movie? Well, funny you should ask that because um, I was only thinking that before because I've introduced my son to it tonight. And that's nice. why I was late for this recording. Um, I thought I'd not only watch it myself, but I'd mm. um, watch it with him. And uh, he, he loves it. Yeah. Um, he got into it really well. The comedy as well. I, I thought some of the jokes might go over his head, but no, he laughed as well. Um, <laughs> especially other little things Bill Murray comes out with. But my earliest memories, really... Because you're not sort of introduced to it suddenly. You just grow up with it. Because mm. I, I grew up in the 90s, um, as you did. So it's like, it's always there. I agree. I mean, thank you for shaving some years off me, saying I grew up in the 90s. I'll have to slip you another well, five what, for that what, compliment. What? But technically, <laughs> technically yeah. it was the 80s when I was brought up. But well, well what oh, the hell? Yeah. yeah, you forget them all. Yeah, well... <laughs> But you still grew up with it, though, didn't you? Oh, yeah. You still grew up with it in, in your life. There was, there was no introduction date where it was like, right, let's sit down and watch Ghostbusters. True. It was just true. there, wasn't it? It was always on. I'd never seen it in the cinema, the original release, but we had it on video plentiful time. Plentiful times? Yes, you know, records off the TV or bought in shops. Uh, plenty. Be able plenty, yes. Lots of videos yes. of it. I think in terms of cinema, the earliest memory I have was, was seeing the sequel on Boxing Day yeah. when it was released. And, and the argument had was that I was ready to watch Return of the Jedi on ITV at the time. Yeah. And I was told I can't watch because we're all going to watch Ghostbusters 2. And I was very angry about this because oh, me, me being no. a Star Wars fan, I wanted to watch Jedi. But I did enjoy the second film. So it, it was worth the trip out. But yeah, it's still... But it's still, were you still gutted though? I was. still gutted? I was because I loved and Jedi. And did you hold resentment? So every time you saw uh, Vigo the Carpathian, you'd be like, uh, oh, you f***. 
pretty much, yeah. Maybe not as expensive yeah. as that, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. But the original, as I say, I didn't see it in the cinema, but it's been part of my life since I was a very young person. An iconic yeah. movie, great casting, great plot, great scenes, great imagery. It still stands the test of time now. It's still watchable now. Like you say, you've just helped your, your son to discover it. And it's great. Yeah. It's great that it's still accessible now. It's not considered a boring old movie. It's still really fun, really enjoyable. And even though it's like, like you say about nowadays, the action's every every 10 minutes all so to so, so, so. Because people have got very, very short attention spans. I mean, look at these these YouTubes and the the audios. People tend to only tune in for two or three minutes and yeah. then they zone out. Yeah. So literally back then it was a slower pace, but it still didn't lose his attention. He was still invested in the characters as they were being introduced. Yeah. You know, uh, from from the receptionist to, to Egon to as it slowly filtered to the ghost, Ghostbusters coming out. You know what I mean? And he, he really enjoyed it. He loved Dana Barrett as well. Hello, Dana. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot how much I love that. It's it's a, it's a great scene. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to go through the plot of the film because by now, surely everybody knows the whole premise of Ghostbusters, what it's about. But well, I, it's been rehashed for twice already, isn't it? It has it has been rehashed twice already. I think it's because of the Afterlife trailer that it's really got me excited because it's very it's very much kind of playing on. As we discussed in in the YouTube episode, like on my heartstrings, my fandom of the original, it's definitely having a lot of nods to continuing the, the story directly from the first two movies and kind of whitewashing sequels, prequels, yeah. spin-offs, wherever you want to use reboots, reboots, um, yeah, the reboot, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, this is this is the interesting thing that I meant to say uh, in the last thing was that at least with the with the first one, you had a unique story that sort of it stood out from everything else, whereas the second one didn't quite connect to that had a different aesthetic to it and it didn't quite go with it whereas the reboot it tried to do exactly the same thing as the original but it was trying to say like we're separate we're different but it rehashed everything and then it inevitably was compared to the original yeah which meant it, and it stood no chance then and that was the downfall of that that film because it was it was it wasn't a, a patch on the original yeah i think Taking a gamble at, at a, well, I mean, it sounds biased, but taking a gamble at an all-female cast was worth trying. Now, I get it, they were using mainstream comedians, you know, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy are great comedians and actresses on screen. Granted, maybe not in this particular film. However, they are good comedy actors and, and the original did play on a good selection of seasoned comedy actors who were really good on screen, funny, witty, sarcastic when needed to be. So I guess it was, it, like you say, it was what a reboot. a tight script. Yeah, the script, the script was amazing. You know, it was it was, um, quick, it was, it was polished. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Polished, quick-witted jokes, delivered well, and a fun ride to be on. Characters you yeah, hated, characters was, you loved. Did you read in the 2016 version that there was most, some of it was improvised? Um, they just kept improvising jokes, spitballing, no, and it, it made it it made it into the into the into the film. So that's why it wasn't really cohesive because everything you were doing was sort of random. Whereas every joke in the original Ghostbusters um, was meant to drive the plot forward, even if it was an off-the-cup remark by Bill Murray's character. Where there's there's something that stuck out in my mind then, where Dana says, "I want you inside me," you know, <laughs> and he and he, and he said, uh, "Well, you've already got two people inside you. Uh, you don't need a third. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I thought, "Oh my god, that's so funny." You See, know what I mean? but it's not over the top. No, exactly. It's a situation like that. You know, you've got a woman who's possessed. I mean, I, I'd freak out. But he's he's using it as a, a vehicle for even more sarcastic comedy and wit. And he does it really well. Not phased by it at character, all. 
his character's a psychologist, doesn't he? He's a psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. He, and he analyzes people's psychology. So when he notices there's something different about Dana, he basically turns it into an experiment and, and, and uses his intellect around it, he, even though he's quipping jokes. He's actually interested in a scientist way. And whereas the, the new one, it was all about, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, isn't this fun? Yeah, isn't this funny? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not funny. It's not funny, is it? No, no. The fact that there's that much negative energy and spiritual energy that you've got to hire, essentially, a group of exterminators to take care of it. There's nothing comedic mm. about that. But the original yeah. was funny, the whole setup of it. Without resorting to fart jokes or dance routines or, or whatever was in that film. Because, again, I, like I said to you on the YouTube, I didn't mind it. As a, as, a, as, a, as a funny film, it was okay. It wasn't as bad as people made it out. Mm. But as soon as you say Ghostbusters and it's compared to the original, that's yeah. it. It's done. Anything no. like that, any reboot that basically uses the plot of the original source material, it's never going to go down well. Like this, mm. this could be argued with um, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. It was a, something I had an episode about a while back. The basic plot plays out exactly like A New Hope. Just yeah. more for a modern generation, you know. Yes, you've got a female protagonist, but essentially the same build up, same sequences, just a more modernized version. And the female Ghostbusters reboot could be conceived as that exactly. That's just a retelling, but but that's the whole boat. That's 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 the whole lazy way the modern era does things because it's all about repackaging the past property into a new image, replacing mm. the ma- the male with the female, and that's all they've got, and it's boring now. We've seen past it, and that's where the the new Ghostbusters trailer, even though it sort of does similar with the the swap out, mm. only by necessity because Egon Howard Ramis isn't around. But that's clever. Um, yeah. I just showed Jake, my son, the new trailer after watching the original, and he's suddenly excited for the new one because he was like, oh, oh, and seeing things happening, you know, and it's it's exciting me again. It. Gives me goosebumps watching it. The trailer's really yeah. been brought out well. I'm hoping that it's not one of those scenes where you um, you watch a trailer and all the best bits are in the trailer. I don't want it to be that I, way. I, I don't know. It depends because, again, the, the, what the studios sometimes do wrong is they, they, they do this sort of trailer, which whets our appetite, and then you bring out a second trailer, which is two minutes long, and yeah, then it's yeah. like, that's the whole film in, in a nutshell, then, and you don't need those sorts of trailers. I agree. I want. I want to be surprised during the watching the film. I don't want it to be. Oh well, the trailer showed me that. Oh, I. I'm confident it's going to be a very amazing experience, and I'm very excited for it. It's but, got a lot of heart to it. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of heart to it. Continue with the uh, original. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, your kind permission there. <laughs> um, <laughs> you see, I, I'm, I take over. You're taking over. over yeah, I should have called it the takeover <laughs> episode or something. <laughs> um, oh no, no, I wouldn't dare. No, no, it's okay. You're listening to Davey Ace. I give that 10 minutes. Jeez. They're essentially a bunch of students. Obviously, they're too old to be classed as students, but you know, mature students, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Studying science, goofing off, not bringing in any kind of results, which ultimately makes them get kicked out of the university and they have to go out and venture into the world. Now, poor Ray. Ray Stance, played by Dan Aykroyd, has to cash in his old family home to get the money to start this business venture off. Business venture that sees these scientists wanting to try and capture ghosts and offer this kind of service. So Paul Ray has to sell everything to get the money 
to buy things like mm. a disused firehouse, an old ambulance, equipment. All this is coming out of his family funds. And I felt a bit like he was kind of giving the short straw. He put all this money in, even though he's passionate about it, while all the other guys just use whatever he provided. Do you get the impression that he was being used? Uh, well, they definitely use him as, um, what's his name again? Um, Bill Murray's character. Um, Dr. Peter Venkman. Venkman, yeah, Venkman. Some of are thinking Spangler. Um, basically, um, he's just using what tools he's got to get what he wants, which is notoriety. That's yeah. his character, yeah. isn't it? Notoriety, that's all he wants. Um, and he's just riding off the back of these guys. And Ray was the quickest way of doing that since he lost everything. And Egon was just going along with it because he needs to do more science. Makes, and that, makes that's sense. all it was for them. Um, that's their characters. And uh, did you notice that when I was watching that, that the firehouse was in such disrepair, but in the next couple of scenes, it's like a brand new building. Yeah, yeah it's it's insane. It like, was condemned, wasn't it? It was a, conde- <laughs> a condemned building that wasn't safe, and yet Ray's like, we should sleep here overnight. You know, it's great. He's all overexcited, clearly. <laughs> and when the Egon's like, this place should be condemned. <laughs> and he's like, this place is great. We'll have it. Spit, spit and polish, and it's done. It's it's the same with the the with the actual one prior to it getting all the liquor paint and all the gizmos and all that. Oh, what a piece yeah, of junk that yeah. turned up when he went through the whole list of things it needs: a new engine, needs new shocks, brakes, hydraulics, everything. It's <laughs> like, yeah, and he said like, it only cost me forty eight hundred. I'm like, wow, that cost you best part <laughs> oh, yeah. of five thousand dollars, and it doesn't even work. Zengman's like, one <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I loved is as they're chipping away into all the money, all the money that they're putting into the business, and they are eating. What looks like I think it's a Chinese takeaway, and um, I'm, I'm I'm getting ahead in the story, but it's when Venkman wants to take their new client Dana Barrett out on a date, even though he's using it as a way to try and get to know her better for the business sake. He says he needs to borrow some money from the petty cash, and so they so they explain that this takeaway they're having now is the last of the petty cash, and his response is, mm. "Chew your food, Ray. <laughs> no, make make it <laughs> chew, last longer. Chew it slower. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, chew it slower, isn't it? But that, but that's when they get uh, their first call, um, their first job. We we got one. I love that. I think for me, it's the reveal of the Ecto One, the vehicle they use at, at, when it's all yeah. done up. That is an iconic scene. That garage door opening and the lights come on and the siren with that unique sound starts to come out and then they speed off. I missed that. I missed it because um, I was making tea at the time. I was in the next oh, room. You missed the you missed how can you miss it, it? man? Yeah, but I watched it. I, I've seen it before. But what I'm saying is that in this last uh, watch through, I completely missed it. I heard it. I heard that way. Wow. that's impressive, and that's without any kind of soundbox or additional uh, material. You just did that yourself. I, I love that. I love that sound. It's, it's very unique. I, I think they, when they mm. did it in the um, in the reboot, it was a very weird sound. It didn't come across like an actual one kind of sound. It was a weird siren. I can't even remember the, the noise that one made. Who knows? Don't again, I've deleted it. It's deleted out of my head now. By the way, don't wait with bated breath on that one, on, on a review of that film. <laughs> there won't be one. There won't be one. <laughs> oh, <what> a, <laughs> a great mix of actors. You've got Bill Murray, you've got Dan Aykroyd, you've got Harold Ramis, you've got Ernie Hudson, you've got Sigourney Weaver. Rick Moranis. Oh yeah, these yeah. Are, these are all yeah. established comedy stars and action stars in their own right, respectively, from certain movies. But a really amazing selection of actors and, and characters they play. You can relate to them, and you're also fear mm. for them. And yeah, it's just it's just easy to watch. I mean, I, I've never had a boring time watching Ghostbusters. Even now, mm. and the- oh yeah, and, and the the one thing I really really admire is the the set designs for the building itself. The one that's a beacon. I know they've they've made a point of it, but yeah, um, it's so attractive. The building. I love Art Deco anyway. Yeah, but. Um, it was. It's so atmospheric. It's like it's like when you go to Liverpool sometimes and you see those um, the different building designs, 
and you look at it and go, oh, wow, that's a beautiful building that with all its um, structures with like, it's got like gargoyles on and what have you. And it's like, that's what you need. That's what you need in the, to sell a, a ghost film because th- a ghost film fits well with that genre. I mean, it's the city itself has been used quite a lot in, in filmmaking and I suppose it is because of the stylized buildings well, and, and the, the history. The, 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 new ba- the new Batman, the new Batman is a, is a massive one because they wanted a gothic appeal in the new Batman film. So they went straight to Liverpool. We've got a lot going for us in the city, clearly, in terms of buildings and architecture and oh, mood, not if you look at Not if you look at my comments section of YouTube, they all hate Liverpool leans for some reason. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, I've had a couple of nasty comments about Liverpool people. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for those listeners of yours and viewers of yours who don't like people from Liverpool or Liverpool itself, but it's, oh, it's their loss. They did, they're just trolls, mate. They're just trolls. And ain't got time for trolls. We're here to talk about ghosts, not trolls. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. Hey, hey, hey. I, I, was, I, was, I was hoping you'd get the bait. <laughs> oh, I took it. I took the bait. Don't you worry. Like a, like a ghost falling into a trap, I fell right for it. What, what's, what's that trap called that the um, the Ghostbusters use to get all the all this, suck them in? I, I think it is literally called a trap, like a ghost trap. I don't think it's got a specific name. I'm sure it has. Maybe it's in the second one. I'm thinking that they've, they've actually named because Slimer didn't have a name in, in um, the first one until the second. No. I mean, I, I have yeah. an I have an interesting factoid about Slimer, which I'll bring in later on. It's it's a rubbish one, but it's 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 stuck in my mind for situations oh, just as this. Don't build it up. Don't build it up. <laughs> don't build okay. it up in people's heads. Oh, okay, well, like, I'm getting side. I'm, it's a tangent, but I will go down. Okay, so I read in a, in a Ghostbusters comic a long, long time ago. They tried to build up a backstory to Slimer. So prior to him being killed and becoming a ghost, and I kid you not, whoever wrote this comic said that he was a king called King Remmels, which is basically Slimer backwards. So there's not even any any great thought pattern. They just spelt Slimer backwards and it's spelt Remmels. So we'll just call him that. And he had this... Li- that sounds like a tablet for your gut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not good, that. Yeah. You know... No, you- it's not good. I mean, always. I think you should always leave it ambiguous, but especially with ghosts, mm. unless you're going to explain it in the story, like in the second with the judge and that. There's no, no need for a personal backstory to these ghosts. They're just there because they're there, you know. The guys, when they get set up with all their equipment, amazingly, how they funded all the stuff, I don't know. But <laughs> that scene, when they're going to get their first ghost in that big swanky hotel, and Ray announces that they haven't had a successful test of the equipment yet, and they're literally going to start their first job. Peter says, you know, why worry? Each of us is only wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on our back. No reason to worry at yeah. all. It's that scene in the elevator. <laughs> switch uh, me on. Turn me on. Yeah, switch me on. <laughs> it starts to power up, and they kind of edge away from him. You're not, See, you're they, not gonna know they, what to react they have like. to say they have the same scene in the 2016 version, but they spend like five minutes doing the exact same joke. Really? Do you not notice? Yeah, I mustn't have that memorized whole it. 15 to 20 minutes, 20 seconds it took for that lift scene in the in the Ghostbusters original. Yeah. But in 2016, the whole joke is literally in an alleyway and they're shooting the Proton Pack and she's flying around the place bashing into things. Because, oh, no, we haven't tested it. Let's test it. And the joke is the same, but it's physical instead of just off the cuff. Yeah. And the joke just feels like they're just dragging the joke out. It's a nice nod, I suppose, to the, the original. But, you know, we've got the original for the original. We don't need it's another one. It's not a shot. It's Parkinson's disease. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Visually, 
by by mm. today's standards, obviously special effects and stuff will look quite dated, but visually I, I still think it looks really good. And yeah. It does look believable for the story. You you can you can relate to what's going on. It it looks like there's beams coming out of those poles and packs. You can see the ghosts that are interacting with everybody. They interact well in the scene. It's very well made. Well, the hellhound um are the most wonkiest elements of it because of the way they they're not organic enough. Where yeah. They're just too floppy. Uh, but again, that's the whole appeal for me. Um when you're seeing these effects even though they do look dated, they still work because mm. it works within the story that they're building and it works within the world that they're set in. I think comedically, it still stands up now. It's still funny. The one-liners from Bill oh, Murray. Yeah. The things that like uh, Ray Stan, Stan Aykroyd would say, for example, when he says, listen, you smell something? It's like, what? It doesn't make any sense, but it's still <laughs> funny. You, don't, you can't yeah, hear a smell. It's, 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 he's dead flat. His, his arms aren't moving. He's, he's, it's all in his face, it's all in his lips, and it's like um, when he goes, uh, when I'm in the mayor's office, that, that classic line when um, um, Ray says something about what Dickless just said, and then, and then <laughs> Beckman goes, yes, this is true. That man has no dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I, 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 <laughs> the, lead up, the lead up to that joke is just really amazing. Good. I think... Yeah. It's worth mentioning that the the guy with note is um is is the true villain of the piece. A lot of people think that it's the big bad Zool and Goza, the big supernatural ghosts and scary elements of the film. No, the main villain is an up his rear end hotshot lawyer type who turns off the Ghostbusters containment machine, releasing all the ghosts into the uh, into the world and causing all this chaos. With he's the main villain. He's the guy who. But plays... isn't 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 Venkman partially responsible as well? Because he's no. the one who didn't allow him to have a look around. No, because if he had looked around in the method he wanted to, he would have been switching these things off anyway. Even if even though he was advised not to. So I I still yeah. think that a human is the biggest villain in the movie. Yeah. People at home, if you agree, you disagree. You get involved. You know how to get in touch with me. It's all at Davy Ten Minutes. Do you agree? Do you think Thornberg is the? Is it Thornberg, or is it Peck? He plays two different characters. What, what's Thornberg? Peck, isn't it? Yeah, Thornberg's the character he plays in Die Hard. <laughs> Apologies, <laughs> the crossover. Or he was equally as bad. But yeah, Peck. If you think Peck's the true villain of the movie, then by all yeah. means, send me your comments because I think he's. The thing he. is, though, the thing is, though, I just think he was just having a power trip. Really, he didn't mm. understand what was going on, and because Venkman was winding him up. And saying you didn't say the magic words and all this lot, <laughs> and that was funny as well. Then the thing is, my son, my son was saying because he was in, again in the mayor's office when and um, man with no dick was like, ah, these guys are a monstrosity. They they've caused all this havoc and that. And he's like, Jake's like, stop it! You're the one to turn the machine off. Yeah, exactly. You idiot. Exactly that. The guy knows. He knows what he's talking about. He's, he's ten years old. He knows better than me. <laughs> While they're getting really busy, because obviously there's a lot of ghosts coming out now, so they're quite busy, they're popular, they they get a lot of work, they recruit an extra body in the form of Winston Zedmore, played by Ernie Hudson, who comes Mm. in as a complete outsider, has no belief in any of the stuff that they're doing, but just wants to earn a steady paycheck. Hence the line, if there's a steady paycheck, I believe anything you say. So, you know, he's getting interviewed. You would think it would interview like, you know, have you got any experience uh, working 40 hours a week? Have you got any experience driving? No, it's, do you believe in ghosts? You know, do you believe in goblins? Do you believe in witchcraft? So it's an interesting interview, but he gets the job. Yeah, she doesn't look interested either, does she? No, she (laughs) really doesn't care. She's just... Do you believe in... 
<laughs> yes, she clearly is only there because she's getting paid to Janine. So she hates the job and all. She hates, she hates the job. it. When she has that row mm. with Venkman, and then the phone yeah. goes up, Ghostbusters, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> um, but going back to the to the mayor's office scene that you mentioned, um, mm. they're, they're obviously trying to convince the mayor that they're real. There's actually ghosts out there, and they're here to, to you know save the day, kind of thing. And he he comes over Winston with his opinion, and. <laughs> he says, "I've seen stuff that <laughs> make your shit turn. Is it your shit turn white? Something is that like what that. you said? Something like that. I, I remember thinking because I, I think someone recoils in the seat. Uh, I think it was the vicar or something. It's like, oh no. Something like uh, that. <laughs> and the thing was, again, his character arc wasn't that massive, was it? And again, I stand by what I said in my YouTube. I think his his character is 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 undersold. It, it, we needed to follow it from his perspective, yeah. you know, even if it is at the beginning where he's a bystander without the Ghostbusters for a bit, and then it sort of intertwines with the Ghostbusters eventually. I agree, and maybe. You know, like, because uh, Venkman's doing his tests and that, going um, yes. to that poor bloke at the beginning. <laughs> maybe, have, maybe have a scene where um, you've got him doing his labouring or whatever he's doing, or he's, he's out of work, maybe looking for something in the papers and that. Just, just, just to show what he's up to before he arrives at the Ghostbusters, because I do feel yeah. that his, his character was under undersold, and it's a shame, really, because it's a disservice. Yeah, I do agree. It's definitely like he's are representative in the movie. He comes in from an outside point of view and yeah, sees all this crazy stuff happening. You know, he's not he's not under, not not understanding what's going on. But there's well, cra- he, he's our point of view. We're we're watching it through his eyes, even though we don't get to see him until the end, more or less the middle. Sorry, yeah. And we're seeing it through uh, Venkman's eyes, even though he doesn't really care. And and that that's that's the thing, isn't it? When you um you touched on the the scene when he's electrocuting that guy, the one of the opening scenes, he's <laughs> yeah. doing a study. Of uh, telepathy, uh, not telepathy. Sorry, it's psychic ability. Uh, he, he makes a mistake. Neg- he says negative reinforcement. It, what it really means is positive reinforcement. Yes, the whole setup is that he wants you to see what's on the back mm-hmm. of a card, and if you if you can't guess it, he gives you a little electric shock, and yeah. then he tries again. And he's using this as a method to hit on the blonde woman that's next to him, and he's pretending that she mm-hmm. gets every one of these cards right and never gets electrocuted. <laughs> yeah. And the guy just gets like, to the end of his can, tether. Can, can you see this? Card? You see this card. <laughs> And he's winking at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the guy, the guy keeps getting little electric shocks and just gets gets to the end of it. He gets to the end of his tether, and he, he's storming. He's like, "You can keep your five bucks." Like that's all he was getting for being electric. Is that all he's getting? Yeah. Oh, I, did, I didn't hear that. Five, I, heard, I, I, did, I didn't hear what he said because Venkman's like, "Oh, it's all right. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye." Just to get rid of him so he can get into the bond, you know. Yeah, exactly. Because he uses that, that that great line where um, he says, "I'm sorry about that, but I, you know, I was thinking maybe we could discuss this later. Um, maybe have a drink or something. How about?" And she says, eight o'clock." And he says, "I was just going to say eight o'clock." He's just <laughs> hitting on it. He's like a sleazy guy, but he's he, used... he's, he's he's overselling it because again, he's he's like saying, "Well, underselling it." Sorry, not overselling it because the actor Bill Murray, it's all about his undertones as what yeah. is what's under the under the surface of the line he's delivering. He's like he's still trying to sell the fact that she's psychic in, <laughs> in that line. You see, so he's like, "I was gonna say that you must be psychic." What am I thinking now? You know what I mean? I think we know what he was thinking. <laughs> but again, what we're all thinking. What we're all thinking, yeah. Are you psychic? No. <laughs> yeah, again, even scenes like that that have nothing to do with the supernatural elements of the movie, they're just really well delivered. A short scene with some simple comedy, but it's 
done really well again. You've again, got to, you've got to give props to Bill all Murray. All down here, all down here, all all done at a level that is not over the top. And as soon as you go over the top, you've lost me mm. as a viewer. I think. Did you think Harold Ramis was was the best choice for Egon? I couldn't have imagined any other actor playing him, but I don't know. Would you have, would you have cast anybody um, else if you could go back and do definitely. it? Definitely. Definitely. Well, again, um, the people who were going to play Egon, uh, who was it now? There's a couple of weird, weird choices. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know that Harold specifically said, I don't want anyone else to play Egon but me because I wrote the character mm. and I, I, I know how to play this guy better than anyone would. So he, he played it. And it's simple as that, really, isn't it? If you, if you, if you could put yourself in a film knowing, knowing you wrote the character and you, you could just play that character, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd certainly like to give it a go, especially, like you say, if he's written the character. You'd, well, you'd... as an actor myself, I love acting in projects that I've co-written or co-done because it's just easier to get into the mindset and you want to see that character through as well. You don't, you're sort of possessive of the character because you've seen it from birth. Let's just briefly take a, a quick um, a quick break from, from Ghostbusters just to, just to discuss that. What's the latest or the most recent type of character you've portrayed? The, the latest one I played was uh, a guy, what's his name now? I had his name in my head, it was a weird name, but I was a weird bald guy, as always, uh, with glasses on, turtleneck. My character was a guy who designed a TV show that basically the actors kill each other for real. And, oh, okay. Uh, I was, I was the, it was set in a dystopian future. Where uh, everywhere this is this is the next stage of reality show basically, and I got a kick from it, but I was very very stern, a bit a bit like a Bill Murray slash Egon character, but mm. molded together. Interesting. And I was sort of, I was sort of like, um, what was one of the lines? Now I was like, uh, this will be your breakthrough, <laughs> like that. And it was it was such a weird, great character. And there was a woman next to me um, called uh, what was her name now? Sharon or whatever her name. She had to throw a glass of water on me because I, I called her Mrs. instead of Ms. And I, I literally had to just put... I had to, I had to just get a hanky out and just do this. Sorry, camera. Um, just dabbing <laughs> my face like that without showing any emotion whatsoever because I was an emotionless person, apart from freaky. I'll show you the picture later. A bit off camera, I'll show you the picture of me. I had to go right up into this guy's face and do this. Wow, uh, that, that's quite traumatising, really. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you you seen that on my on my YouTube show? Yes, mm, sexy time. Yes, it, it's it's played plenty of uh, views on those channels. <laughs> that's how I get my hits. That that that's fair. You you've got to do what you got to do. It's on OnlyFans, like but, you know. <laughs> you got to pay for that privilege. <laughs> yeah, you're enjoying your own personal acting journey. I take it. I mean, you're still doing it. So yeah, you're I enjoying mean, it. yeah. The the next stuff. I've got a couple of auditions coming up. One, I have to convincingly play someone from Holton for some reason. I don't know what the fuck's that for. Uh, I get I get five hundred quid for it. Dead easy work, and I've got a show reel coming up. A show reel is basically what you send off to get auditions, and I play someone who's having a nervous breakdown, and my friends talking me down from it. And apart from that, I'm just doing YouTube and that more or less because the the uh, restrictions and that. It's hard to sort of plan ahead, isn't it? It's the same. Well, mm. it's not the same, but I'm having similar issues trying to plan ahead. Although I have got some guests in the pipeline and episodes in the pipeline, it's a lot of chasing up. Well, including me twice more because you've got another. Is it a spoiler to say Matrix Reloaded? Matrix Reloaded is is not officially dated, but it is definitely going to happen. We are going to collaborate again and discuss Matrix Reloaded. I think that the Matrix episode was quite a popular one, so I think, why not? 
you know, dissect the sequel well, and see what we think of it. We've got to see it. We've got to see it through. You can't just stop at one. There's two more. Exactly. May as well just. Well, we've got to allow more time. You've got to say Matrix Reloaded, extended, because there's so much going on in that film. You can't just talk about it for 30, 40, 50 an hour. You've got to talk about it for fucking ages. It's a long movie. It's a long in-depth yeah. movie. There's a lot of things to, like I say, dissect from it. It's not just, yeah, Keanu's back on this some action. There's a lot more going on. Oh, I mean, you've got the Frenchman babbling and you've got Colonel Sanders at the end talking about... Um, Chicken. Uh, what you know you can't explain. And, was, and, and what's it called now? He says something about, you've already made the choice. And, anyway, it's not it. We're going too far <laughs> ahead now. Well, that's the thing with chats. You can never control them. I can never script an episode because you never know what we're going to talk about. As as well, is the you, case you with stumble, right now. You stumble when me and Harry first started out on um, on on the YouTube. I had a full schedule of things, bullet points, and that to cover and that. But every time I looked down, I was stopping my connection to the audience, mm. and that's you should never do that. <laughs> you should clip it up above your camera then. No, because you're still you're still looking up. You're still you're still disconnecting from what you, who you're talking to. So, like me and you were talking. Let's say we're live now, and basically what you're doing is you're not you're not connecting to them or yeah. the audience who's watching you. Because I do mine live. Yeah. So literally, you, you you're taking you're taking your attention away to look at something, and then missing what someone's talking about. I think um, going forward, I, I do I do want to do a live episode. I'm, I'm very apprehensive about it, but I think it would be fun. Well, have you not? Aren't you doing your? Um, your finale live? No, no, your anniversary live. P- potentially, I've, anniversary I've not, uh, I've not set it in stone yet. But this month marks the one year anniversary since I launched the podcast. So I've, I figured do something special. Thank you, thank you for applauding. Yes, Woo! <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you very much. Sleep with me, sleep with me. <laughs> wow, that not... wasn't me. That was that. That was that was someone in the audience. Go away, taken out. <laughs> not the response I was expecting, but I'll, thank you. I guess um, I, got, I got knickers on me. <laughs> Fair play. Yes, yeah, so I thought I might, I might try doing a live episode. You should do because it's a different feel, especially if you're hosting it. You've got control. Yeah. You, you're, you have just having a laugh really and playing Twister and just do anything really. Yeah, it's got to be something fun. Like obviously with the podcast, and I can control the content because I can, I do all the editing and so on. But when you go live, yeah. as as you know, because you do it yourself, whatever, whatever's said, whatever's done, can't be taken away. It's out there, yeah. live. Like any any live broadcast, it's it's unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen, and it's it's that lack of control that does worry me. Although I'm excited by the idea of doing it, it's still a bit a bit scary. Um, well, you you you've got control of the guests, and you've got control of the content that true, you true. decide that they're going to talk about. So, yeah. apart from me saying a few naughty jokes, which you can still edit out later on, yeah. so when it processes by YouTube, you can go back into YouTube and edit those things out. Yeah. There's plenty of things that Harry said, and oh, we can't say that, and I took it out, you know. <laughs> Going back to to where we initially started chatting, which was Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, there's it's a great plot, it's a great story. Um, hmm. Do you think? When it got towards the end scenes and they were trying desperately not to think of anything that would come back and kill them in the form of a gigantic spirit, do you mm. think the state puff marshmallow man was a good choice? As innocent as it might have yeah, been, yeah. what, what would yeah, you like to have I, seen? I think a massive version of. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I'm just kind of trying, trying to put myself in Ray's shoes and think back to a character from my past 
that I would have liked to have seen. Mm. You know, that's that's cute and cuddly, like Rupert the Bear. God, you imagine Rupert the Bear coming to kill you? Wow, that'd be terrifying. I know with his big long scarf. Literally. I can't remember. Uh, but again, it's, it's funny because what did he say now? Um, Venkman said, uh, oh, he's, she's trying to think anything that comes to his head, that's going to be the destroyer. So if you say, if you think of such a person, but then, as soon as you say that name, it's, 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 it's going to pop in, isn't it? It is. So that means that he personifies. So saying it was a big mistake, really. I just, I've never been able to blank my mind. If someone says, don't think of anything, just blank your mind. I can't do it. You're always thinking about something. Giant vagina. Wow. I mean, could you imagine that walking down the street? Well, it wouldn't. It roll. Well, well, yeah, of course it would. <laughs> Maybe like a big vortex. <laughs> oh, my God. What a way to go. Wow. Death by vag. Not good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That, that's not going to leave my head now. <laughs> let, me th- let, let me think about that more later. Um, Did- but... <laughs> Oh, big giant vag, yeah. It's not good, is it? It's yeah. not good. That's got me thinking about a sequel now and another, another spoof that we could do. Because we had a spoof <laughs> in The Matrix as well. We did? Um, so, yeah, spoof of The Matrix where the, the Sentinel thing, the tracker goes up his ass instead. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That was right. Yeah. And yeah. then obviously he had to drop his kex, didn't he? Yeah. Bend over, Neo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, what do you what would you think of put yourself in your in your past shoes it's as a kid when you when you were growing up in the nineties? Because like you say, it's in the scene he's trying to think of something completely innocent that wouldn't hurt anybody, not knowing that's going to become a gigantic creature to kill them. And yeah, exactly. So stuff, what could the, you? I mean, as a kid, there wasn't a lot of like cutesy characters that I would would watch and say, oh, what a nice. massive a massive Yoda, a massive Yoda. No, I can't. To be fair, I probably would think of something Star Wars related, but it'd be like probably like a giant Chewbacca or something. Which could stamp on you, I will. Wow, <laughs> wow! There's there's there there's half the Star Wars audience leaving the podcast now. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that'd be sick, though. To be fair, the end of that film, if a giant Yoda turned up wielding a lightsaber to yeah. take out the Ghostbusters, <laughs> that would be that would be really good, actually. Oh my god, mash up. Get a mashup sorted now. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. It's like you can hear. <laughs> what did you think of Yoda? Yoda. The thing is, he's still small, isn't he? Yeah. So even if he's massive, he's still small. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you get me? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a paradox. It's a paradox, but obviously because he's tiny, but he's smaller than Luke, and Luke's small. So that means that if he's giant, he's still small. Yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> The sort of side characters do play quite a pivotal role in the film, and I'm referring to yeah. Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis as Dana Barrett and Louis. Is it Louis, 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 Louis Tully? Is it? I think it's Louis Tully. That's it. I can't um, think it's Albert in my head for some reason. Sigourney Weaver plays Dana Barrett, the love interest of the piece, who is um, in a high-rise apartment of this of this building that's like central for the ghostly energy, and who gets possessed by a demon. A, a ghost dog, a, a, de- a demon that's going to allow uh, Gozer into the, into this place. Exactly, and the same yeah. happens to Lewis Tully when he this um, it's Hellhound, isn't it? Hellhound. Hellhound breaks into his uh, 
breaks into his apartment where he's having a party and this chases him down the street and it gets him running down the street being chased by this dog no one's kind of stopping for him and you did touch on this on the youtube episode that he gets to the side of that restaurant where there's all these yuppies all having a meal and he's banging on the glass help me help me help me help me music stops they all look at him the next shot is the viewpoint of the hellhound approaching lewis and then he basically gets possessed by a slides down the glass and everyone in the restaurant just carries on playing music and eating like it's nothing and you yeah because he goes he goes ah and he slips downwards yep obviously they can see through the glass they can see there's a hellhound there probably yep and yet they just don't do it what can i say high society is not bothered by demon hellhounds well exactly and this is what i was saying in, in the thing what is is that are they trying to subliminally say in the narrative it's like a way of saying well in real life, rich rich do what they want at the expense of the poor. You know, we're looking out the window and we're not caring. It's like what Michael, Michael Jackson said. No, Michael Jackson. Uh, what was that thing now, that song? Like, it's like, that was a Christmas song, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. It's, it's a song about Africa, isn't it? If you, if you look out the window, look outside your window. Oh, I'm not going to get there. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting patiently, but we never got there. But yeah, it's exactly like that. I'll it's get, exactly I'll, like that. I'll get it later. I'll get it later in bed and I'll be like kicking myself. But there's a, there's a lyric in a song somewhere which says, which says that uh, do you care what happens outside of your own window? But I can't quite remember the lyrics now. It'll come to you. I'm It'll come to you. <laughs> <laughs> so they both get possessed by the hellhounds and become the key master and the gatekeeper. The conduits yeah. that will re- eventually release uh, Gozer into the world. As a pairing, I thought it worked. I mean, I, I didn't see them together on screen as a couple, obviously, because they're not, they're just neighbours. But I thought it worked really well, having little short yeah. Rick and Torsigoni as, as these two uh, possessed love interest. It was a go- it was good. I thought they really worked well together on screen. Well, it worked better than the Venkman one, because oh, I, gotcha. I never got the impression that Venkman or Dana were ever had a connection. They were like uh, Dana was no not interested at all. No, in, definitely not. all the way through. Even at the end when he went when he goes to kiss her, she's she's like, yeah, she's not right, that victory victory kiss. And then the second one, you see that they're not even you know back yeah. in together really. Yeah. You know, and and it it's like it's like nature, like the the ghouls want them to be together and they don't want to be together. They're just like oh, you know, and and I think that's realistic. I think someone like Peter Venkman wouldn't. Because he doesn't know how to talk to women, does he? You know, as, as in a respectful way. Yeah, they're all just and, objects and to him. Her, and her being a strong woman, she just doesn't give a shit, and 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 this stands up to him more than anything. Yeah, you know, can you please leave? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, fair play to Peter. I mean, when she's possessed and she's like, "Take me now," and you know, it's hard not to um, go oh, just this once. You know, because she doesn't remember later on, does she? No. No, she's she's supposed to be a dog, and that's not an uh, you know an offensive <laughs> statement at all. She's being being a dog in it. Well, yeah, I mean, she, when they did mention that, it's all the joke saying your girlfriend's a dog, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> There's not much more you can say about that, really. There's a certain style that she likes. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention it, but you know, as a hellhound, there's a certain style that you like to go for. Um, my missus is back home. Just thought I'd let you know. Just thought I'd let the world know. Oh, yeah, well. I'm sure we're all glad knowing that. Yeah, I, I'm glad because it's just dark now. There's weirdos out there. <laughs> There's weirdos in here too. There is. I'm, I'm one of them. <laughs> well, we, we both are. We're talking about a movie that's what, how old now? When was it out? The early 80s, wasn't it? I'm, I'm thinking 84. That means it's 36 years old. Oh my God, you're touching 40 that... years ago. How is it that Ghostbusters are nearly 40 years old? That's insane. Well, it's like, it's like that thing again when they brought out the new Independence Day, the shit one, oh, and yeah, um, yeah. and they went twenty years. I was like, "What? 
20 years <laughs> and i remember that coming out i remember being obsessed with the first one and it was like that was that was in two, 2016 wow you know we're in 2021 again so it's it's going dead fast isn't time, it? time is going fast but when when you get a static uh, a static a statistic i can't even say it. when you have a statistic like that where it's uh, have you had a drink sir yes this water is going down far too quickly um, okay, I'll, re- I'll reword it. When you have a fact like that, <laughs> that it's yeah. nearly fo- nearly forty years ago, Ghostbusters came out. It does it makes you feel old, but it does make you appreciate that movies that are that old that are still fun and watchable now and relevant are worth it. Are worth investing in, worth and worth being. And not and not of. just that the ho- the Hollywood lot now are still using the property to sell movies that are rehashed now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're not coming up with the original concepts. They're just still going back to the eighties and taking that and using it for new stuff now. And you're like, so they can't either. That's really, really good property, or they just can't make anything up. Everything <laughs> <laughs> that's good, everything that's been done has been done, hasn't it? I don't think there's and any more original you can't ideas. Do any better. What, what can you yeah, do? I don't think you could do it any better. Uh, the original Ghostbusters can't be topped. I don't know. Ghostbusters two came out. Yeah, but it didn't have the same. What was the word? It didn't have the same impact because no. it wasn't as original. And I think that's the same with the 2016 was because it wasn't like Ghostbusters 1, which was a, a massive cultural phenomenon mm. because it was so unique and so new and so fresh. When the second one came on, they didn't really have any more scope to sort yeah. of wow the audience with anything new, although it was still a good move in its own right. It just Yeah, I mean, everything's kind of been it established, hasn't it? It, it? It's not like with James Cameron, who took the original Terminator, which was a masterpiece too, and then made it even better with the second one. Wow. Do you know what I mean? It, it, that doesn't happen all the time. That's that's like lightning twice, isn't it? It's rare to have a sequel that's as good as, if not better, than the, the first. And Exactly. You know, you, you mentioned Terminator 2. Yeah, a fantastic sequel. In many ways, superior to the original. I'm on the fence with throwing Die Hard 2 in there. I do love Die Hard 2, but I don't know if it's as good as Die Hard 1. No, no, no. Die Hard 2. Die Hard, again, it, it blew everyone away because they weren't expecting... Because in the 80s, this is the thing about the 80s and that, they were all like muscle men, Arnold and Sylvester Stallone. They were all big, tough guys. And then you had this one genre, which was Bruce Willis, who was dead, not scrawny. He wasn't like skinny like I am. But he was he was not a typical arch- archetype hero, was he? He was just like, oh, fuck you. And, and, that. and then suddenly he's an action hero, but he's not doing the same things. Mm. And it stood out because of that concept. Yeah. So I didn't think it needed a sequel. Well, Until you got to the third one, and then you're like, "This is fresh." He's got someone else with him now. I know who happened to be Samuel Jackson, who was so fun to yeah. work to, to to watch. You know what I mean? What a talent! But then you didn't. He didn't need to do any more than that. And again, this is the thing: you can't stretch a concept past its limits, and that's where the Terminators fell short because the Terminator had possibly two sequels in it. The third one being the absolute limit. Yeah, and that was it. You couldn't do anything more with it. Even though they're still trying. Oh yeah, well I've yeah. deleted the other other one. I mean, even Terminator Genesis was um, okay. Sort of like the idea of multiple universes and and the concept of Skynet, you know, going going through these multiple dimensions, trying to make itself win. Mm. I like that idea, but then I'm a sci-fi nerd, so I, I love the idea of it rather than the execution. <laughs> Live long and prosper, but, and all that. It, well, yeah, t- same to you, sir. Same to you. Um, <laughs> Uh, prosper, live long. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yes, yeah. that's like nice to see. To see you, nice, isn't it? I see what you did there. You did a little yeah, Bruce yeah. Forsyth Star yeah. Trek mashup there. 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, no, it's here, it's here. But the <laughs> thing is, the same with Ghostbusters is that even though it's got Scythe element, elements into it, it was it was a mainstream. What's the word I'm looking for? An, a mainstream setting. So it did. It wasn't trying to be so outlandish that mm. not until the end, anyway. Because one thing I noticed when I was watching it today was that you went from the beginning, which was very set in the times, and it was very like oh, books and and library and you know little cards that you the librarians read, all the way to the end where you've got a dimension bursting through and it's all this light and it's it's the it's the ultimate transition to, for the audience, isn't it? Yeah, what a ride. Yeah, and I, that's what makes it so insane. It's. Perfectly timed, like I say, it's touching 40 years since it was released. We're going to be getting the yeah. new Afterlife movie, which plays very heavily as a direct sequel from the, I'm assuming, the, Number second, two. the second film. Yeah, if I, yeah. Don't, I don't think you could whitewash the second completely and say it's just from the first movie, but I guess... No, no, it, they're not, they're not. Well, I know they're not, because um, it's still part of the uh, timeline. So and the, 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 the second one, still, it's still a good movie and it still counts towards yeah. the, the timeline. And they're just setting it from well, how many years after? I can't remember, but it's 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 so long after the second one. So we're we're gonna hark back to those themes again. I think it's gonna be a good watch. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it to see how it plays Me out. Me too. Um, Me too. But as as a standalone movie, Ghostbusters is is very highly recommended. If you like comedy, great set pieces, great visuals, great plot, and a really amazing cast. Why not watch Ghostbusters? Why not rediscover it if you haven't seen it for a long time? Go and get it now. Go and watch it. Put it on now. Well, you're right. Listen you, to this. You're right. It's on there. It's on Netflix. Exactly. On You've Netflix. got you're no right. excuse yeah. not to watch it. Get it watched now, and then watch the Afterlife trailer and get even more excited because it's going to be epic. Do you fancy coming to cinema to, to watch it with me? Is this you asking me out publicly? Yes. On uh, a date? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I'll, 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 I'll be happy to go. Well, we that. could both wear our Ghostbusters outfits. How did you know I had a Ghostbusters outfit? I thought that was a big secret. Because we're both sat in, in the dark on a Wednesday evening, 10 o'clock at night, talking about Ghostbusters. We've both got fucking outfits. You're right. We have, we have. We have. I actually remember when I was a kid having um, a Ghostbusters costume, and it came with that proton pack that had the piece of foam in like a spiral that came out of it, and you had to just spin it to make it look like it was, you know, shooting shooting out the no, proton I, beams. I didn't have that. I wasn't that cool. I had the model of the building instead. Oh, see that? That's what I would have rather have had. I would think. You know, it had all sorts. It had like the basement bit where you put all the ghosts. It had a spiral staircase. It had like a, a, a tube, and you had I put all the figures in, and they could slide down. And oh, it was so good. Did it come with a little pot of slime? Because I remember seeing one that had like a grid on top, and you could pour the slime through it, so it would all drip down. Oh, the what? The, ah, it, there was a grid, but I didn't get any slime. Ah, don't wow. know why. Don't know. I don't know why I didn't get any slime with it. Maybe it was extra. Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> get your building now. So, so if anyone is listening and they, they have got a spare pot of um, Ghostbusters slam and they're not using it, send it my way. I'll happy, happily donate it to Stephen. He Mate, clearly is have missing you not it. Seen, you don't know about all this slime phenomenon that's happening with kids. No. Slime's everywhere. I'm not, a, I'm not familiar with the slime phenomenon, but if it's anything like the Did, stuff I've seen in the movies, I don't want it in my house. 
they keep going making slime and doing YouTube videos about it and you know messing about on it's all over the carpet you can't get it out oh no thanks I don't want any of that unless there's a ghost involved I don't want any slime in this house so, well ectoplasm is everywhere isn't it well that's only if you get excited yeah <laughs> see I led you into that one and all I'm, I'm a sucker for a, a cheeky pun or a play on I words you're a sucker. Well, go, continue. whoa hello <laughs> We'll cut that out. <laughs> that's not because I could, That's not going to be in it. <laughs> that's not going to make the cut. You're very clever. You're firing them out quicker, quicker than I thought. Now, very good. Oh, yeah. So it's highly recommended. It's highly recommended. It's, it's a definite. Well, what's your favourite bit? Before we go any further, because we haven't discussed what your favourite bit. My favourite bit in the film, I would say, is probably. Oh man, there's so many good moments. I mean, I love the bit when Goza asks Ray if he's a god when he asks. Goes to leave, yeah, and Ray just innocently says no, and they get zapped by lightning because it sparks Winston to say, "The next time someone says if you're a guard, you say yes." Yeah, really angrily. Yeah, exactly. That's a good scene up there for me. And I, I, I like the similar scene, but with Venkman and Dana when he goes, and knocks on the door, and she's going, "Are you the keymaster?" <laughs> and he goes. No, and she closes the door like fed up, <laughs> and he and he, he has it. He pauses for a second, and goes, huh. and are you the keymaster? <laughs> yes, I yes, am. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> walks straight in, and literally that that just makes me laugh. Oh, and the scene the scene where they're in the dinner hall, and he goes, I've always wanted to do this, and he grabs the tea cloth as if he's going to pull it without affecting all of the tableware, and he just pulls it all off. <laughs> but the flowers are still standing. <laughs> exactly, it's like. It does not. It doesn't linger on that joke, but it's funny. It is funny. One thing that um, I forgot to mention, but it's it's when Venkman goes to check out Dana's apartment to see if there's any remnants of this yeah. ghost being in there. <laughs> he just walks in. That's right, boys. It's Doctor Venkman. Like there's somebody in the house, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm here now. You can fuck the, off. The famous Doctor Venkman. And the thing, and, and he looks in the fridge and goes, "Oh no!" And she goes, "What can you see?" And he goes. <laughs> Look at all this junk juice. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't there. <laughs> oh, man. There's so, many little, there's so many little moments like that. And they're not overplayed. And that's what you can't overstate highly enough. It's that thing of that. It doesn't have to be over, oversold to make it funny. It's just mm. a conversation that people are having in jest. And that's what stands the test of time. It's still really good. I don't think I'll get bored watching it. It's it's a film I I rediscover every few years, but it's kind of like I say, been pushed more into the mainstream now because the trailers come up for the new one. It's made me rethink and go back and and appreciate it. Yeah, like I've said, fantastic cast, fantastically acted, set pieces are really good. Visually, it looks amazing, and it's funny. And you need that now. You need you still need a bit of a laugh in life, and why not appreciate a good you know? Well, the, old let's talk film. about the director just quickly. The director and producer is it Ivan? Ivan Reitman. Yeah. That's it, yeah. He, I didn't know how intertwined with Arnold Schwarzenegger he was because he was, um, them two kept meeting because I've been reading Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, autobiography. Yeah. And they kept meeting up and then coming up with concepts together. And while him and Arnold were talking about making like twins or whatever it was they were making together, he was making Ghostbusters. And he um, was so meticulous with Ghostbusters, the way he made it. And this is what Arnold was saying. He's like, he couldn't believe how... He'd go to test screenings for Ghostbusters, come away with all the feedback. He'd sit in the audience with them and ask for feedback as it's and he'd go, right, right. And he'd go straight to the editing room and take stuff out, put stuff in. And it'd tweak it to a fine tooth comb. 
And that's what made it so successful because he was getting audiences' opinion in real time. That's got to be a vital tool to have, though, like you say. Yeah. I think they exactly. used a lot of that in like sitcoms and stuff. They, they'll try a joke, and if it doesn't work, they'll put a different joke in and, and gauge, gauge the reaction. It used to be like filming in front of like a live studio yeah. or that kind of thing. I never got that, you know. I never got how... I still don't get it. And it's funny you should say that because I was only thinking this the other day, how, you know, when you've got a sitcom that's filmed in a live studio audience and they've seen the joke once and then they go back if they don't get a laugh and do it again with another joke. And you're like, but they've already seen the variation of the joke, so what, what are they laughing at? Do you know what I mean? So I don't know how test these audiences work. I don't know. That's where you have that canned laughter, isn't it? It's just as easy to press the yeah. button and have laughter. Why not? You know, well, I, Mrs. I, Mrs. Brown's boys does it in front of a live audience and they just keep all the mistakes in and, and that's what makes that show funny, not the jokes, what they don't get right, you know. I agree. I, I, I haven't watched it a lot, but what I have seen of it, I love the fact that they make mistakes and they just keep rolling with it. It makes it more... I don't know, more real, I guess. You, you, you can appreciate more when you see them make a mistake on screen because it happens, we all well, exactly. know that. Actors make mistakes. When, I, when I've done, done theatre, and I, I see this all the time when I was in theatre, when we're just doing messing about or whatever, and it reminds me of that time, and that's why I love it so much. And But the thing is, the higher brows don't like that sort of thing, you know, because it's not it's not highbrow comedy, is it? It's just laughing, laughing at nothing, isn't it? Mm. Well, like I've said, especially with Ghostbusters being the main theme, it's comedy, and we need a good laugh in life, especially with recent times. Something like this, it's always guaranteed to make you laugh and make you smile and enjoy it. What well, do you think? Do you think the new one's going to be comical? I I do I do think so. It? It, the trailer is probably more action packed because let's face it, we yeah. we want to see them busting ghosts and driving the extra one round and and ghosts flying round and so on. But I think there is going to be an element of comedy. The fact that it's been directed and produced by Ivan's son. Yeah, it's a son, yeah. I think it's going to be heavily influenced by Ivan's directing style, so I would expect a lot of comedy, hopefully. Well, if, if you've grown up with the man and you know his style, uh, getting him involved, just even if it's just oversteer, but he's actively involved in it to mm. t- tweak it in every way he can. He's made these creative decisions with it, which you can tell it's really, really warming to see how much of that element's in, in this. Because even by the tone of the music is used for the trailer, it's respectful, which the 2061 wasn't respectful. True, true. Um, it, was, it wasn't trying to be, to be fair to it. It wasn't trying to be. It was trying to be its own thing. But if you're going to name yourself Ghostbusters, be fucking good. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. the trailer, you, you have put the trailer out on your YouTube episodes. Am I right? Yeah, and it's and it and it's now not copyrighted, so um, it should be flying. I looked at the analytics this morning from a video, and it's it's doing that. Oh, so okay. it's going up. So it's really good. As, as I said to you before, Jake's watched the trailer again with fresh eyes because um, he's seen it before, but he didn't. He did this dismissed it, um, but now he's seen all the little, you know, little hidden Easter eggs. Yeah. Like yeah. the staple of marshmallow men. Yes. Uh the the the, the do not shiny uh that's shiny. Those twinkly light scanner things. It's got it does that. And you're like, yeah, Ooh. the uh, the PKE meter. Yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. And um and the the noise that the that the car makes when it's speeding around the corner, all those little things, Gozer, the streams of light, you can see it all there. It's it's very I nostalgic looking. So people can catch up on the trailer. Where can they get you on YouTube? Me? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to. Well, just type my name in. Um, Stephen, with a PH, not a V. Stephen. St- Stephen J. Holleran. So H-O-L-L-O-R-A-N. And that's it. And you'll find me. I'm a bald guy. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm look, I'm a looker. I, I have got a nice, uh, nice uh, physique. Um, so when you see me, you'll see me. You you know it's me because it'll have that. It'll have Barry White in the background when you see me picture. Wow! 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 And then, so you click, you, you click, you click on my name, and then you'll see all the videos. And literally, me and Davey A are on top at the moment. Um, oh, actually, no, no, I've kicked you off now because I've I've put a new video up before. How dare you! Uh, but just scroll, just scroll, and you'll see us. And the 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 uh, the video me and you were on was is right there. And it was very popular. We got some good views for it. Happy days. I'm happy to help. Happy, oh, to be, happy to be part and, of it. And obviously, like and subscribe. And it's funny because a friend of mine said, "Oh, I can't afford to subscribe to YouTube. Why? It's it's free. It's free. You what do you mean? What do you mean? Pay? You're not paying. And no." Uh, I've had that before, you know. Family members going, "Oh, I've got no money this month. Can I do it next month?" Went, "Where are you getting this idea from? <laughs> do you have to pay?" <laughs> no, it's all free. YouTube's free. Go and go and look at his videos and follow, like, subscribe. It's well worth checking out. And I'm not being biased with just the episodes that I've been on, but it's good stuff. So get on uh, there. Well, and, and you're going to be on in future because I want to keep uh, poaching you for future projects. Happy to get poached. I think I'll have to get that Obviously, as a t-shirt. Not the next one. Not the next one, no, because I'm thinking of doing Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, wow. you know, film. Do you like that one? The, the the movie franchise, I love the movie. D- depends on which ones, because I'm not a massive fan of what, all so of them. It'd be, it'd be the first one, the original. So this prior to Jason, yeah. isn't it? Because he's not. Well, in the I don't first know one. any of that. I've never, I've never seen him. Oh well, you, you'll you'll discover it for yourself then. Because the next live show we're doing is on Friday the Thirteenth. Makes sense. So we're gonna... yeah, that makes sense. Nicely, nicely timed. Very apt for the time as well. Very good. Very good. So what exactly? It was. It was someone who told me she's a witch. Uh, I know a witch, and she she told me, "Why don't you? Why don't you do uh, Friday the 13th on Friday the 13th? And I went, "I said, are you trying to put a spell on me?" Here? I was going to say, was she trying to hex you or something? So she said, well, I, well, I don't know. When she came up here, she was like, uh, she was she was like, "Let's talk about you." I was like, "Oh no!" Wow, <laughs> scary stuff. <laughs> yeah, she's nice. She's a nice lady though. Bless. If you want to get involved with the show. Everyone knows by now you can get hold of me on most of the socials now. It's all at Davia Ten Minutes. You can type in Davia Zag if that ten minutes on any of your search engines. You're bound to find me in some shape or form. Please get involved with your comments, good or bad. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think of the show and how it's going so far. And if you do want to feature, by all means, I'm always accepting new guests. So get in touch and we'll get you on a future episode. It's all at Davia Ten Minutes. There's links on my pages for Linktree. There's loads of ways to get involved different podcasting outlets and contribution sites that kind of thing just get involved send me a message send me your best wishes and i'll read them out on a future episode it goes without saying ghostbusters is, is an epically good movie and one that will stand the test of time i reckon i'll still be watching it in another 40 years here's hoping yeah I you, agree. you and i will collab soon with matrix onwards and yeah. um yeah good luck with your uh youtubing i will definitely be watching we'll catch up again soon buddy yeah, catch up. Thank you, thank you again for doing this chat again. Because the YouTube the other day, I was too drunk to remember the details. And <laughs> I think I've covered, I think I've covered a lot of what I wanted to say on that stream. So without you, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So thank you to you and your audience for allowing me to regurgitate it. Pleasure, a genuine pleasure. Always, <laughs> always happy to get involved. But yeah, um, we'll catch up again soon. And uh, for now, I'm going to sign off. Thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye, everyone. Bye.